Before we start the show, I just wanted to reach out and say that if you are loving listening to The Truth Prescription as much as we are loving making it, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and iHeartRadio, to name a few. And come check us out at www.thetruthprescription.com to get more insights and info, because the truth will set you free if you let it. This is a controversial subject, but I feel like there is no such thing as good and evil. It's just there are people who are able to show love. And then there are people who are, you know, who have been conditioned to be on the defense. When it comes to being heart centered, I really just think it means you are on some level, some part of the path of caring about others, about wanting to do something more than just take, take, take. And that's what matters to me. Gentlemen and ladies, brothers and sisters, people, whoever you are and wherever you are, welcome to the Truth Prescription Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sekou Gathers, and each week I interview successful people from around the world and discuss how accepting the truth can propel your career and help you live a life of gusto and purpose. No mantras, no gimmicks just the truth. So close your eyes and open your ears, and let's get into this. Come on. Good people, today I had the opportunity to talk to the man who uh, I call the man with two first names, <laughs> Nathan Aaron. Basically, he's, right now he's a business coach. He helps people to find their dream opportunities, and then he provides them with the funding to do it. He helps you and teaches you how to raise the money to do it. So great conversation. His, his truth that he realizes that he not willing to trade his time for a check and while he was homeless had this epiphany that getting someone to fund his dream life was actually possible. And that was something that was a truth that came to him in, in, a, in a really difficult moment. But nonetheless, that's what led him to what he's doing now. We talked about what a heart centered entrepreneur is and what, what that's about say one of the most important things that he said in the entire interview was that what you want is that you want your business to serve you so that you can go serve the world. And I think that was really important flavor. And then lastly, we talked about in business, the importance of automating, delegating and systemizing systems. We, we went into some detail on that. All right, good people. Uh, this is going to be a two parter. And I hope you enjoy. Close your eyes and open your ears. And let's get into it. Good people. Welcome back. Another episode of The Truth Prescription. And today I am uh, honored to talk to the man with two first names, Mr. Nathan Aaron. <laughs> How are you, Nathan? Hey, how's it going? So grateful to be on the podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um... You know, I'm going to give a little backstory on Nathan. Uh, he left high school early to pursue his dreams in Hollywood, um, became an entertainment or music agent, doing million million dollar deals. And then he realized, hey, this is probably not why I'm here. <laughs> so now he helps business folk design and actualize their dream jobs through coaching. But the thing I like is he actually helps them find and obtain the cash to actually run those businesses, literally putting his uh, money where his mouth is. So. Nathan Aaron, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. 
One thing I do want to say just for the listeners, you know, Nathan did something. I've been doing this uh, four years plus. Nathan did something that no other guest have, has ever done, which was he sent me a, a message of gratitude yesterday or last night before this interview. And I think it just really speaks to who he is, what he's trying to do in the world. And I just wanted to publicly thank him and acknowledge uh, that nice extension, you know, from from his heart to mine. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Seiku. And and hopefully I can extend that to the audience and give them some value today. So I'm going to show up and kind of make that promise that this is going to be an impactful, powerful episode. Do my Babe Ruth, you know, point at the center, back at the center field <laughs> and swing for the fences. So, <laughs> All right. Fantastic. So, yeah, let's jump right into the truth prescription. The premise of the show, as, as the folks that listen know, is that Truth is very difficult, it's very arduous, it scares us, and we often ignore it. We ignore it either because we don't don't know that it's there, or we ignore it because we're just, you know, we're just afraid of it. So tell us a story, Nathan, about something that happened to you in your journey that maybe it was something about yourself or about the, the world around you that you ignored. And once you accepted it, you had a massive breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, what I do is I help people get really clear on what they want to do with their lives so that at the end of their lives, they have no regrets Mm. or as little as possible. And that requires a lot of raw truth discovering for ourselves, right? And what I noticed is that upon helping people and then also helping people fund their thing that they want to do, funding their dream life, funding their dream business, getting money for their personal expenses, like their rent or their mortgage, their bills, their food, and also their business expenses so they can buy the gear they need, hire the people they need to hire to do the things they need to do. So uh, in order to do that, you have to really like be raw and real with yourself because what happens in the world is we end up just kind of going blindly forward and deciding, you know, uh, not deciding on a path, but just going on a path because that is kind of where we found ourselves. And, you know, that's how society raises us. That's how, you know, schools raise us. And so a story that I have about, you know, getting to that place is really that, you know, like you said, I was in the music industry at a very young age. By the age of 18 years old, I was interning with Wu-Tang, Simon Cowell, Paul Oakenfold, all these big music artists. And I thought I was going to be super famous, successful, multimillionaire by 20 years old, maybe 21 at the very latest. But that's not at all what happened, right? I ended up kind of getting screwed over in LA. I ended up uh, being homeless. And when I was homeless, I had this kind of epiphany breakthrough. And the epiphany breakthrough was I was sitting in a warehouse trying to fall asleep, homeless for about four months. And I was curled up in a ball and I was thinking to myself, like, what if I could get someone to pay me money, to cut me a check so that I could have a roof over my head and not have to try to get a nine to five? And that's the main thing. So if anyone listening to this episode is trying to figure out what that thing is, or they know what that thing is, but they're struggling trying to transition from a job to doing what they love full time, it's like, that is what I believed was the biggest issue in my life is that I didn't want to sacrifice my time for a nine to five. I was too stubborn as a kid. And so what ended up happening is in that warehouse, I had this epiphany and I thought, what if I could get someone to cut me a check and actually say, you know, here's some money for your personal expenses. So you don't have to work for a while. So you can focus on your craft, which at the time was my music career. And also what if you could get a little bit of money for your business expenses? So I could buy, you know, a nice little keyboard (laughs) or whatever I needed. 
marketing budget, maybe hire somebody to help me out so I wasn't working alone. And I didn't get a chance to do this on my own. But one day I got a phone call. And the phone call was from a recording artist that I had worked with, a rapper. And he called me up and said, Nathan, uh, I want to hire you to do some music for me. At the time, I was just like making beats and doing stuff like that. And the guy says, here's my music. Here's my music videos. Check it out and call me back. So I'm like, cool. Sounds great. I'm going to make a few thousand dollars. Checked out his music, checked out his music videos. And I'm thinking, the last thing this dude needs is more music. The last thing he needs is more music videos. He's ready to go, polished. Like this guy, how is he not famous? And so I thought to myself, and I talked to my friend Maddie from uh, from Jersey, and she came up with a good idea. And she said, "Why don't you charge this guy to help get him a record deal? Remember how you were always talking about getting cut a check to do your thing? Why don't you do that for him?" Long story short, I introduced him to my manager, Violet Brown. She helped uh, Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, and Will I Am at the beginning of their careers, and basically. She was getting ready to offer him a deal, but then someone else swooped in and offered a $1.4 million deal. And that was my beginner's luck. But even though I got kind of cut out of that deal and didn't make a lot of money out of that deal, the truth is that it, it opened my world up to what was possible. And next thing you know, I started getting funding investments for all kinds of different people so that they could actually have like a one to three year runway to try to build their thing without struggling and like doing it at night, nights and weekends, like when the kids go to sleep, whatever that looks like. So when, when this rapper called you, were you homeless at the time? I was not homeless at the time. He called me. I had kind of got on my feet. I had gotten a few little projects here and there and I was, I was living in Oakland and he hit me up. So. And so that was, that was the moment when you realized, Hey, I can kind of, be a conduit to help folks to, as you say, fund their dream, which is like, sounds, it sounds amazing. I know there's a, a lot of, probably a lot of layers to that, but it sounds amazing. All right, cool. Let's, uh, maybe let's jump into some topics here. Oh, this is one I wanted to ask you. How does an entrepreneur become heart-centered if they're not already? Because I saw that you like to work with heart-centered entrepreneurs. So tell us what that means to you. I know what it means to me, what it means to you. And if they're not heart-centered, how can they get there? Yeah. Well, if you pay a small fee of 29 night, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Heart centered is just, you know, you care, you care about people and you want to make a difference and you're not just in it for yourself. And I feel like this is a controversial subject, but I feel like there is no such thing as good and evil. It's just, there are people who are able to show love. And then there are people who are, you know, who have been conditioned to be on the defense. When it comes to being heart centered, I really just think it means you are on some level, some part of the path of caring about others, about wanting to do something more than just take, take, take. And that's what matters to me. Because when I was in the music industry, there were so many people who would just take my kindness for weakness. I'm a people pleaser by nature. I care about people too much. And I give more than I more than I take. And, you know, I'm even the type of person where the reason that I thrive in doing what I do with like online business is because I'm great at marketing and sales to the masses. But one on one, I'm just like, oh, I like you so much here. Just have it for free. <laughs> right? So, you know, a heart centered person really, you know, is just someone who cares. And, you know, one may say that's not teachable, but it, I think it is. And it just comes down to breaking down any barriers you have, you know. If you if you were raised in a real tough environment or, you know, if you had something happen to you that really hurt, that's an opportunity to either a go down a negative path and be on the defense and just kind of hide away 
or take it out on people or whatever that looks like, or it's an opportunity to level up. And mm-hmm. when I was younger, I was definitely influenced by the wrong crowd. And I was doing some stupid stuff when I was a kid. And I realized that at some point I had to figure it out. I had to change. So really heart centered. It's just like, you gotta, you gotta care. You know, that's what it comes down to. It's gotta care. Okay. If they're not necessarily heart centered, then it sounds like they basically need to start doing some work to kind of break down those internal barriers and, and figure out, cause it's about service, right? So I think once you tap into that thing in yourself where you can serve humanity and not, as you said, take so much, that's when, that's when things start to open up for you. Yeah. And, and if, if someone's listening, who is thinking to themselves, like, that sounds great, but right now in my life, I'm not doing that. Then all I say is like, first of all, by loving others and giving to others and being a good person does not require you to give less to yourself. In fact, it allows you to give more to yourself. It's the same thing, like you say, the the word service. One would think that if you were to go out to a soup kitchen and help some homeless people, that that would be a day where you're kind of like, you know, giving up your stuff that you should be doing and instead only giving and not receiving. But then you go there and you realize, wow, I've received more than I think I gave today because you're giving and you're doing something meaningful and you're getting so much back. And so, yeah, you know, maybe if you're listening and you're like, yeah, I'd like to get be more like that. I'd like to care more, but I don't then just challenge yourself. Give yourself a small challenge. Think about the person you care about most and think about how you are with them. Maybe give yourself a challenge to, you know, smile at someone or just do whatever feels right to you. You know, it doesn't have to be cheesy. It doesn't have to be too much. You don't have to like commit to a whole life of something. Just, just try something that feels right. Send a text, yeah. you know, maybe set a reminder on your phone and every morning, you know, it goes off and it says, send a text to someone that you care about. You know, one thing that I really love doing is I like to give people compliments that if I were to give the person to the right or left of them the same compliment, they look at me funny, right? Because it's so specific <laughs> Couture, to right. the person. It's like, you know, you have this very specific, unique thing that you do, and this is how you do it, and just giving people feedback. And it's just like this feedback loop of positivity or like of, of good energy that happens. And it's like a drug almost, you know, it's just, I, I get high off the idea of just like connecting with people. And for instance, a perfect example is before the podcast, you said, Hey, I'm going to say this on the podcast, but you know, thanks for that voice note, yeah. the voice memo. And before you said that I was like, you know, here ready, you know, I have a lot of respect for you. I listen to your podcast and you know, I'm just like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm ready. But then when you said that, I felt this warmth in me and I was like, okay, we're going to do this. Like <laughs> I, I connected. And it, it was like a boomerang effect from what I had done, but also a boomerang effect from all the good that you've done. So it's kind of this, this loop. One of the things I like that you talk about, and you just mentioned it, was you said this, you made the story in one of your interviews. You said, hey, if you think you can't exercise, just run to the mailbox, right? So just sometimes taking those little steps, just smiling at a stranger or doing what you did, just feeling gratitude for just being alive, not having COVID, you know, feeling good. Or even if you do have COVID that you still have a brain to think I still have COVID, you know, you're still, you're still functioning, you're still breathing. There's so much that we can be thankful for. And when you do that, you do activate the heart, that heart energy, that, that heart chakra energy, it can help open it up. And then I think that's when people can start really navigating into, oh shit, what, what actually is my path? Is it this nine to five I've been doing? Or is it, you know, maybe something else? And then they can call you and get the funding <laughs> to follow that path, you know? Yeah. And that's a, I'm really glad that you bring that up because one distinction that 
I think a lot of people don't catch, and it's probably my fault for not doing a good enough job of, of clarifying this to people, but I use this term dream business, and I use this term heart-centered, right? Another one I like to say is like type A hippies, like people who are both, you know, <laughs> super motivated, but also loving and caring, right? And I feel like a lot of people think that means choose an existing career that's already out there. Like, oh, you know, I want to do this or do that, but this career, that career. And that's okay. And you might end up there. But the idea is if you can do anything in the whole world, if you were to, you know, have someone say, I'm going to give you, I'm going to pay for all your expenses for the next five years. What are you going to do with your life? I'm going to give you an extra like hundred thousand dollars to work with. Like if in your best case scenario of your actual dream life, what would you do? And then you can say, okay, cool. Not for a career, but just like, what would you do? Right. Maybe you would say, I like to laugh with people, but not just laugh with people. I like to do this, have this specific kind of humor. Maybe it's dry humor. Maybe it's crass, whatever. It's like, I like to stay up late and look at the stars. I like to, uh, I like to go on runs. You know, I like to swim. I like to be near the water. And it's like, you take all these things that you wouldn't think are a career. And then you kind of coalesce them into one thing. And you say, how can I build a business that supports me to do those things? Right. Right? How do I build a business that supports me to, you know, you know, stay up super late and look at the stars, or maybe you're really introverted and you want to stay at home because you have a family and you just want to be able to work from home, or maybe you want to travel. And it's like, your business serves you so that you right. can serve the world. Right. And so it's like, if you start by saying, I want to be a podcaster or an agent, then you're probably going to fill in all of these assumptions of what else you have to do as a podcaster or as an agent. But if you start by saying, no, this is the, forget a career, forget work, forget a need to make money. Just like, what do I want to do until I die? And then work backwards, reverse engineer it from there. Right. And that's why I'm so passionate about the funding part, because really money causes us to create really bad, to make really bad decisions, right? It's like, okay, I'm going to start this thing. Uh, I'm going to, you know, not do these things that I really care about because I don't believe that I'll make money. Instead, I'm going to like hard sell people on the phone, <laughs> like all that. Instead, you know, it's like the analogy I like to give is if you were to birth a baby into the world, you're not going to take the baby put it on the corner and tell it, figure your life out when it's a newborn, right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. You're going to nurture the baby. Right. So your business is your baby too. So you shouldn't have to tell your business to make money from day one. You need a one to three year runway of money to pay for your personal expenses and your business expenses so that you can nurture the baby. And then once it's on its two legs, then it can start making you money. And so that's why I like, I'm not just some dude that's out there trying to like raise money for people. It's like, I want to make it so that when you're on your dying deathbed, you look back and you're like, you get goosebumps. And you're like, dang, like I made a difference. I did it. I connected with people, like all the things that matter. I focused on as opposed to, you know, doing even what I've done so far in my life, which, which was like, wow, like, did I waste my twenties? Mm. Like did I, and I know I didn't waste them because there are a lot of, uh, you know, experiences and, and everything that happens. But it's like a lot of times I look back and I go, I should be a lot further than I think I am. And that's mm. a lot of internal work that I have to sure. do with myself. Sure. But guilt, you know, hindsight's 2020. And you know, if we can somehow imagine what our older self would tell us, then we can, you know, start being more aware and more, more awake and kind of tap into what really matters and not make any bad decisions now. One thing you touched on in another interview I listened to, which I completely agree with, is that we 
sometimes forget that we ask for these challenges. <laughs> you know, like we come here, these challenges are, are for us to help us get to wherever we need to go, right? So sometimes we forget those things that we actually ask for this. We don't see the gold in it. I just want to repeat something for the listeners that you said, because I think it's, it's, it's really profound. Your business services you so that you can service the world. It's a very important point. You described this, the, basically the, the, the self-re-engineering uh, process where you start from the end and work your way backwards. Very important thing I wanted to highlight there for the listeners. You sure do your homework. Like I've been on quite a few podcasts recently and you're like, you know, quote me from a certain video, oh, from a different yeah. podcast interview. <laughs> <and you> got it. <laughs> hey man, uh, yeah. the four Ps, when they say proper preparation prevents poor performance, is that five Ps? I don't know. But yeah, you got, I, I prepare because I really want to get to know the people who I'm interviewing beforehand and um, just really get a sense of sort of the, the rhythm and the energy. And, you know, it's important. I feel like it's important. I, I love this. <laughs> I, lo- I do. I do love this. You know, it's something we, we kind of skipped over, but I, it, it's a quick, a quick one. When you were homeless, why didn't you go back home? See, that just goes to show how tapped in to reality you are and how much I was not. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the real reason is my family lived in Portland, Oregon. My parents were going through a divorce and I was down in Los Angeles. And so it was a two part thing. One part was I was stubborn. I was like, I don't want to go home because if I go home, then I'm going to have to get a job that, you know, they said, you can't come back unless you get a job, you know? And then there was a little bit of the ego. It was like, I don't want my family to know that I'm failing. And then there was a little part of it where it was like, I'm scared because, you know, my whole life, my parents were together and now they're getting a divorce and it was, it was scary. So there was a lot going on. Plus, you know, I, I had uh, the people who I ran into in Los Angeles were very dangerous and I felt, you know, kind of scared for my life and all this stuff. So I had, a pretty lady that was in the Bay Area who owned a home and was, you know, very safe and very mother-like. And so, you know, I ended up dating her, but I ended up moving up there. It just felt like the safest thing to do. Okay. Right, right. Give no, me a little break. Dude, you know? <laughs> I, no, I understand, brother. I get it. Trust me. Trust me. That's that's a hurdle a lot of us have to to get over. It's 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 tough. It's tough. Yeah, and and I have to say the thing that I like about right now and what we're doing right now and the name of your podcast and like how the name of the podcast impacts the interview. It's like the truth. When you think about it, it's like there, you can have any name, any title, but when you think about the truth, you start to dig deeper into what is really going on. And questions like that are digging deeper to what's really going on. And also when it comes to the truth, it's like that resonates with me because I know, you you know, you said you do films, I'm working on a film series as well. And one of the main focuses that I really like to focus on is what is holistic, raw, real success? Like, what does that really mean to people, right? There are so many things that are taboo that we, you know, we don't like to talk about when it comes to success. Like as a single guy, don't mind being around beautiful women. But on a podcast where we're talking about positivity, I might omit that. But, but yet, here we are and we look at the most popular television shows and it's like fights and, uh, you know, reality shows and all this and all that. And it's like, so how do we become, you know, in call out culture, right? There's call out culture going on. It's like, you know, you have someone who's like a mayor of a, of a city or he's running for mayor. And then he like laughs really loud and obnoxious. And all of a sudden he's, he's outcasted. 
but yet you have, you know, someone else who does something really horrendous and because they own it, they get mm. away with it. And it's like, <laughs> I think that there's so much to be said there when it comes to like the truth and the truth within yourself and like really understanding who you are and being real and raw to the world so that you don't work really hard to get something and then lose it all. Or, you know, just there's something to be said about telling your whole truth, not just like the highlight reel on social media, but also the kind of behind the scenes. And even a lot of people these days are doing, they're, they're getting the top and the bottom of the sandwich, like uh, influencers and stuff, right? They'll, they'll say, okay, here's the highlight reel. Here's, here's me jumping on the private jet. Here's me, you know, doing this and that. But then, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be authentic. So I'm also going to talk about my, my down low stories when I was at my rock bottom. But that also is self-serving to talk about your rock bottom. But what about the stuff that's embarrassing? What about the stuff that you don't talk about? What about the stuff that, you know, and so we all, whether you're, you know, attempting to be, you know, to have a, a voice, a public voice, or you're not, it's like, how do we be so real with ourselves in every moment that, you know, our spouse knows, our friends know exactly who we are? How do you get to a place where you can open up your diary, so to speak, and show it to anyone and no one's going to be surprised about anything. And that goes for your personal life. And it also goes for, you know, your inner, interpersonal relationship with yourself. You know, I hug myself every morning. It's like, I do it because I love myself. And I, and I know that the more I love myself, the more I'll love others. And so if I can help people tap into that level of understanding of themselves, then when we go into the work, of actually saying, okay, what do you want to do with your life? And then getting them that money, then they'll be in a position where, which I've had happen before, I get people money. And then two years down the road, they quit because they realize that's not what they wanted to do. Wow. Yeah. And so many people have this, you know, uh, what, what I call like business ADD, right? It's like, right. they're in a position where they think they want to do thing A, then they move over to thing B, over to thing C, over to thing D. And usually the reason people are quitting is because they're waiting for, the response. They're, they're like, okay, I'm going to do a YouTube channel, but if I don't get the views, then I'm going to quit. And then I'm going to try to be an influencer. And if I don't get the views, I'm going to quit. And if I don't you know, do a podcast and if I don't get the views, like how long did it take you until you started saying, okay, wow, people are listening. It might've been the first episode. It might've been the 30th episode. No, it was like, so sure like three, almost like two and a half, three years in. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So to your point, you reverse engineers. Like what my thing is a, you know, part of my thing is about connection. So podcast is a great way to connect to not just the people that are listening, but to the person that I'm speaking to in the moment. I've met, like yourself, tons of wonderful people over the four years. And I could call any one of them right now. And at minimum, they would say, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. I had a great experience with him. We can move from there. But it's about it's about relationship building. But to your point, the ADD probably happens because of what you said before. They didn't do enough reverse engineering where they said, you know what, do mm -hmm. I I want to bake bake sweet potato pie every night. So what business can I do where I could <laughs> I could do that, you know, and make it work for myself? I want to be their friend. Get those, <laughs> get those free sweet potato pies. Look it up. <laughs> yeah, reverse engineering, I, I'll tell you, man, like that is one of my one of my favorite things in the world and as nerdy as that sounds it just works you know like whatever yeah. it is that you want in your life that's why i love like during covid when it first started i had you know youtube ads running instagram ads running and i i was you know your classic 
douchebag YouTube ad guy, you know, like buy my thing. Here it is. Click the link. Not that bad. But I was in that in that general ballpark. Right. I had me and my my lady sitting down. You know, we we're hanging out on the couch with the dog and we we're like, here's what I have to offer. It's an online course. It's called Dream University. Help you plan, fund and build your dream business. Click here. But then when COVID happened, we started feeling uncomfortable with the idea of just like hard selling people that were, you know, maybe financially in a weird place. Yeah. And so her and I reverse engineered this idea of giving away free 15 minute coaching calls and not selling anything at the end. Yeah. You know, most coaches, they like, you know, like, Hey, I'm gonna give you a free call. And then at the end, I'm going to see if you want to work with me. So what I did was every Sunday I gave away seven free consultations and my YouTube ad was me giving away my phone number. I was like, here's my phone number. You I want to brainstorm text. the brainstorming, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it was like, just jump on the call and I'll help you. And I've, I have so many people like one lady, what she did was she went around convincing women to shave their head, to give it away to kids with cancer who needed hair. Another one was uh, a woman who was a, uh, like a health coach that was trying to get her, her mother passed away from cancer at an early age. And she was like determined to help uh, black women over the age of 40 get their bodies in shape and invest in themselves so that they can, you know, stay healthy. And then another person that I had dealt with, you know, was just someone who was like a, a 17 year old kid that wanted to start make a make a lipstick website. Right. So it's all over the place. But reverse engineering was so fun because, you know, you can literally say, okay, cool. You want to create a bunch of content. What if you batch shoot your content like this? Okay. You want to get more, uh, more customers who's your dream customer, where are they hanging out and how can you get in front of them and start building strategies for people, introducing people to other people. And it's been like one of the most fulfilling things to me. And then guess what happens? Totally unexpected. People reach out and say, how can I hire you to do this more often? Right. And I say, Oh, uh, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Not even the intention. So yeah, it's just reverse engineering and giving, you know, it kind of ties to the concepts we talked about together, right? Reverse engineering and also like being quote unquote heart centered and, and finding ways to give that just circles back and ends up making it so that more people want to help you, you know, the law of reciprocity. And especially if you're doing it just genuinely because you really want to. Yeah. So one thing I never really understood as a broke person was <laughs> like this idea of focus on solving problems and not making money. I was always like, but how can I do that without money? Like I can't afford a burrito. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the catch 22. It's like, unfortunately the economy is like, if you make less than $40,000, the economy is like quicksand. If you make over, you know, $150,000, then the economy is like helium. And it's like, you think about it. Let me give you an example. If you've ever been broke and you get a ticket for parking in the wrong place and if you have money, you can pay that ticket. No big deal. If you don't have money, then that ticket keeps on costing more money and more money and more money. If you've ever used Venmo or Cash App, they have a, an option where you can get your money immediately or you can get it in a few days. For immediately, it costs a few extra dollars. But why would you need it immediately? Because you're broke. So the, the way yeah, that the economy always penalized. is, yep. is quick spend. Yeah, you're penalized for being broke. And that's really sad. And that's why, again, why I'm like, deeply and thoroughly passionate about the idea of really giving people that boost, you know, giving people a chance to like go from where they are and like, okay, 
I need to get to the next level, but it takes money to make money. And I'm kind of like on the, uh, in the rat race and on the treadmill and in the quicksand. And those are the people I love helping, even though, you know, even people like Elon Musk get funding, right? It's like, they call it OPM, other people's money, right? (laughs) Why not use it? But but definitely the people who have a real deep calling and really want to make a difference is like, those are the people, you know, and that's why I'm so passionate about it. I mean, in, in 15 minutes, I can imagine, I mean, you really just scratched the surface of the surface. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like so superficial with what you can really give somebody, but it also, similar to what I'm talking about, it gives you an opportunity to, to touch base with somebody new, to connect and to help them, give them, to give them information that you know like the back of your hand, but for them, it's, it's like life changing. And that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And in the beginning, it was like, uh, I had to hone my craft and asking the right questions and keeping it short and sweet and just being like, you know, what is your, what is your business or your idea and what's your main problem? And then just tell me that in one or two sentences, and then I'll give you some ideas. And, you know, a lot of it comes down to asking the right questions, but it's also like, you know, if someone says I have a website and I'm not getting enough customers to it, then there are just a handful of really good strategies that people aren't aware of. And so, you know, whatever their situation is, I try to help them by giving them a strategy and a challenge. And so, you know, the, the strategy would be like how to get more customers and the challenge would be in the next seven days, as you said, run to the mailbox and back, you know, do something really small, just do something really simple. And then they have my number, they can text me anytime. And I keep, you know, kind of helping them along the path. So it's a two-way street. You know, they got to do the actions, you know, obviously as well. And 15 minutes is a lot of time. But, you know, the more I do it, the more, the better I the become better at <laughs> providing two hours of value in 15 minutes. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs>